Welcome to NASA EDGE. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. We're at the Eurospace Center in southern Belgium for Mission X 2014. The international closing event where even as we speak, kids from around the world are gathering to engage in some pretty exciting activities about space. They've worked so hard for the Mission X activities this past school year, and they're coming here to the Eurospace Center to try out some mission simulations. They've covered the physical and nutritional aspects throughout the year during Mission X, and now we'll see how things have paid off. We're going to get a chance to actually work with some of the students, get up close and personal with them, see how the activities are going. Yeah, and actually see whether or not they're going to be able to launch a rocket here at the end of the ceremony. And we have a chance to talk with ESA astronaut Frank DeWinney and a representative from the Eurospace Center. And I hope that astronaut Frank DeWinney maybe can put in a plug for me in the astronaut program. Maybe I can be a first sort of international uh, media knot. Hey, let's go check out the activities. We're here with Freya from Manchester, England, kicking off the events at Mission X 2014. Now, what is this contraption behind me? A three-axis spinning machine. So you sit in it and it just, like, uncontrolled spinning. Now, tell us what it was like being in that, in that chair. It was amazing, but it was very unusual. Now, how does this particular machine help astronauts prepare to go into space? Well, when they land with the rocket, it's like spinning. So you're just there, like it's completely spinning inside. So you'd have to prepare for yourself. Now, I noticed you have a piece of paper in your hand. Uh, you had to do something while you were spinning around. What did you have to do? I had to draw around the dotted lines with a crayon. And I got to try and stay on the lines as neatly as possible. So it was very difficult. Well, it looks to me that you did a pretty good job, you know, drawing the line around the square there. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was, the square was easier compared to the cross, and I did the square first. But I think as I got onto the cross, it would kind of move faster, so it was more difficult. Now, you've been here since yesterday, and, and so what do you think about Mission X uh, so far? Oh, it's great, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's like the next level from the school. Now, up next, we have the rotating chair. Are you ready for that? I'm very nervous, to be honest, so I'm looking forward to it, though. <laughs> it seemed like you were actually going pretty slow in the chair. Well, whenever you spin, it's like you'll think, oh, my God, it's so slow. But then it, when you get on, it's like really fast. So Now, is this something you, would, you could do uh, all the time? I think if I'd went on for any longer, I would have felt a bit queasy, but no, with just 45 seconds it's fine. Now after you opened your eyes, you were looking at, at the shuttle, and what did you see once you opened your eyes? Well, the nose of the shuttle kind of just went twins, and then it took forever for them just to get back together again. After you got off the rotational chair, you had another challenge where you had to sit down and you actually had to use a mirror to, to kind of go through a maze with the pencil? Oh, it, yeah. Um, it was, you put the maze on the surface and then you put a ledge on and on that side there was a mirror and looking at the mirror only, you'd have to try and get through to the maze and mine, as you can see, really didn't work. Scribbling. It, it doesn't look too bad. It looks, like, it looks like an EKG, but you went through the maze, no problem. Uh, I wouldn't say no problem, but yeah. Now, what was the purpose of doing this exercise? After being on something that spins you around, the, you're really dizzy. Then straight away you try and do something backwards, so it is just immense for difficulty. It's like two dizzies 
it and it's just impossible almost. I tell you what, while you recover from the rotating chair and get ready for the gravity wall, which I think you're really interested in doing. Oh, that's my favorite one. That's one I'm most looking forward to. Well, we're going to learn more about the Euro Space Center. This is one of a few space camps around the world and the only one in Europe. And we had a chance to talk to Catherine, who's the marketing manager. So let's take a look. Tell me about the Euro Space Center. Yeah, Eurospace Center is an educational uh, and discovery center about space. It's the only place in Europe where people can train as astronauts. And actually we welcome people from the whole world to visit and to experience the astronaut simulators we have at Eurospace Center. Now this is very similar to Space Camp in Huntsville, Alabama? Yes, it is. We have basically the same simulators as they do in America, Alabama. We had the American license when we opened the center in 1991. But now we have developed our own activities, and, but we still keep on working with NASA, ESA, and try to, to improve the programs. Now, how many kids usually roll to this to the center each year? We had more than 15,000 kids every year that run through the Eurospace Center. Some kids come for one-day program, some uh, come for five, six-day programs. But they all experience and uh, enjoy space. Now, is it mainly students from Belgium or are they coming from all over Europe? No, no, no. We get students from all over Europe, but also from China, India, Israel. We get people from all around the world. With all the students from all different countries around the world coming to the Eurospace Center, how do you deal with all the different languages? Actually, we have a multilingual team. So we work in French, Dutch, German and English, and even in Italian or some groups. So we are pleased to be able to welcome groups from 27 nationalities every year. You ever get students from the United States that come? Uh, not yet. No, not yet? Okay. No, no, because you have the Alabama Space Center, right. okay. so most of these uh, stay in the country. So the students that come to space camp here, or the Eurospace Center, is this sort of supplemental to their curriculum in school? Yes, most uh, students have to study astronomy or space uh, part in the curriculum. And the Eurospace Center is a complementary tool to teachers and to schools. So it's another way of learning sciences in a fun way. When I stop you, what happens? While you were spinning, the liquid is spinning in your inner ear. When I stop you, look what happens. They keep spinning. Exactly. Your body stops, and you will be the victim of nystagmus. Nystagmus is not a Harry Potter's friend. Nystagmus is the phenomenon by which your eyes go like this. Very fast at first, because it tries to make you spin, but you're not extraterrestrial, so your eyes cannot make a full spin. Of course, I hope, for you. We don't want and we don't intend to replace teachers uh, nor schools, but we want to be a complement to, to them. You ever get a chance to have some ESA astronauts come by and, and tour the facility? Yeah, we regularly have uh, visits from the astronaut corps, and we're going to have Frank the Wind tomorrow to meet the children. So yes, we do appreciate when we have astronauts who visit the Eurospace Center. It's a great value to children uh, who can meet real astronauts and understand better what space is about. And that's a great segue for the astronaut coming here tomorrow because he's going to be part of the Mission X program. Mm -hmm. How did the Eurospace Center get involved in Mission X? We have all the facilities who host such an event. We have the accommodation, the space activities, the catering. So it's a real all-in complex that makes it easy for kids to experience space. And it's very easy and moreover, 
Eurospace Center is very unique in Europe. That's the only place in Europe where the kids and children will be able to train as astronauts. And the cool thing about this facility, just like Space Camp in Huntsville, is that the kids can actually stay here on site for the week. Indeed, we do have 200 beds divided into sleeping rooms. They also have access to a restaurant, to playgrounds, and to uh, the space activities inside. So. And we noticed there's a lot of construction going on. Uh, yeah, we are expanding the center. We started with the outside of the space center, but the projects are to develop new rooms for the space center, meeting rooms, uh, sleeping rooms, uh, because we lack of space for, for the space programs. And moreover, uh, they are going to develop new buildings for, co uh, for corporate and companies that want to work in the space sector. Well, I tell you what, this is a perfect facility to house Mission X 2014, and we thank you so much for offering the students to come here this year and we're looking for a great event. Bojo, we confirm. APU pre-start complete. Five, four, three, two, one, stop. So Nandu, as I understand it, you just participated in one of the activities, the mission simulation, which takes place either in this full-scale mock-up or the motion simulator. Tell me, what was your role in this mission simulation? I was the ELSS, which stands for the Environmental Life Space System. And so what did you do throughout the mission? I was just checking the things which would need to keep the crew safe, like for instance the oxygen tank, which they would need when they got to the base, and that they had enough fuel. And as I understand it, in these simulations things would go wrong. What kind of things did you encounter when you were in the simulation? Well, when they were going to open the hatch to get into the space station, the oxygen pressurization got lower, so we needed to change that. And in the middle of the mission, when they were about to dock, the fuel cells turned off. And that doesn't sound good. It wasn't very nice. <laughs> right, and what did you, how did you handle these problems? What did you do to solve them? For the fuel cells, we turned them off and turned them back on with a new supply of fuel. And for the oxygen tank, I had to hand it over to the flight director, who was in charge of changing the oxygen tanks. Sounds like you had a pretty intense experience here with Mission X. It was a certainly intense two hours. <laughs> now, do you feel like you're ready to go on a, a space mission? You feel like you're prepared now? I would feel that I'm not fully prepared to go into space, but I'd feel that I'm more prepared than I was. Awesome, that's exactly what these experiences are designed to do. Now, are you planning maybe in the future to be involved in space somehow professionally? Since I was five, I wanted to be an aeronautical engineer, which would mean I'm making the space shuttles and things like that. So in a way, I would be connected to the space. I know that you're interested in space, but it turns out that I spoke to your mom earlier and she mentioned that you used to have a nickname or you showed an interest in uh, space very early on. Tell us about that. I was, when I was one and I started to go to nursery or kindergarten for other people, um, I was nicknamed the Space Encyclopedia because my favorite topic was space. And whenever somebody started talking about space, I'd go into my old lecture. Oh, interesting. That's awesome. Well, I tell you what, while we go here from astronaut Frank DeWinney, we can go on a little lecture tour here and, and maybe talk to some of the other students as well. Frank, you've spent a, a tremendous amount of time in space, but I wanted to know, how did you become interested in space and becoming an astronaut? Well, 
when I was young, I was always interested in technology and things that were moving, how things were working. Uh, my parents always told me when uh, we bought you a toy, you immediately had to get it open and then uh, see how it would work in, inside. And then, of course, when I was a little bit older, I also wanted to fly as a pilot. And I could become a pilot in the Belgian Air Force. And then connecting, of course, flying together with technology, and you come into space. And this is how I really wanted to become a, an astronaut. So you became an astronaut, and then you've been in space almost 200 days. What's it like spending an extended period of time in space? Well, it's, of course, very nice to spend a long time in space. When you do a short mission, you just get there, you just get uh, acclimatized to the new environment, everything that you need to do, and it's almost like you already have to go back home. Well, if you are there for a longer time, you can really profit of space. You can really learn how the space station works, learn the best interact with the crew on the ground, enjoy our beautiful planet from above, also see how vulnerable our planet is, see all the different phenomena, so you see the different seasons over the planet. So it's really a great uh, time to be there for an extended period of time and being able to do a lot of science in the International Space Station. That's interesting because we're right here in the Eurospace Center seeing all kinds of images and pictures that have been gathered from space. Uh, did you take a lot of pictures when you were up on station? Yes, we took a lot of pictures with our crew when we were up on the space station. And of course we have some really beautiful ones. You also see the power of nature eh? when you take pictures of hurricanes from above. We saw some massive forest fires, for example, but overall, of course, it's a wonderful planet. It's a great, beautiful planet uh, that we live on here, but extremely vulnerable. That is what we see as well. Were you the first non-U.S. commander of the International Space Station? Is that correct? Yes, I was the first non-U.S., non-Russian commander of the space station. Because, of course, in the assembly phase, mostly uh, the space station was there with a permanent crew of U.S. and Russian uh, cosmonauts and, uh, and astronauts. But once that we went to six-person crew, is when my crew arrived, then we started in the utilization phase, the exploitation phase, and now there are six people permanent on board of the International Space Station. And it's also when the smaller partners, Canada, uh, Europe and JAXA, started acquiring rights to fly long-duration space missions to the International Space Station. And with those rights also came the capability that we could have commanders. And of course, I was the first, but uh, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is, I think, that this partnership show that although we are small partners, we are all in this together. We have uh, had, in the meantime, a Canadian commander. We have Koichi Wakata, who was a great Japanese, first Japanese commander. And we will continue to have other commanders from all over the world. And that is the most important thing. What does a commander on the ISS do? Do you get a bigger sleeping area or, or nice amenities or? The commander gets better food. No, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all have the same food on the space station. But of course, the real boss of the space station sits on the ground. This is the flight director in, or the mission director in mission control. As a commander, you're responsible on board to make sure that there is a good mood on board of the space station, that everybody can work to the best of their abilities, that everything is running smoothly on the space station. And so you work with your crew to create really a bond and to say, look, as a crew together, we can accomplish all our tasks every single day. This is the responsibility of the commander. Of course, there is one exception in case of emergencies. It's clear, if there is fire on board of the space station, somebody needs to take control. And it's difficult to take control for a fire on board of the space station when you're sitting on the ground. So in these type of situations in emergency, 
automatically the authority is transferred to the commander of the spaceship. And then, of course, you have a real authority and then you have real work to do. And, and obviously there were no fires while you were commander. There were no real fires, but uh, we had, had some smoke. We had some uh, depressed cases that were false alarms. We had some false fire alarms. So these things always happen when you're in space. Uh, systems are not unfailable. And so, of course, when you have all these detectors that try to measure all this, of course, the detectors will fail from time to time. And then you can get a false alarm. And then you go through all the books, through all the routine. <laughs> and then luckily you see, well, there is no real fire. So let's, uh, let's wave this off and uh, let's go back to our normal work. It must be very exciting to live up in space. And hopefully a lot of the kids that we're working with you know, may be people that spend an extended time in space. So I'm wondering, what do you tell kids uh, that are interested in space? How do you encourage them uh, to become not just an astronaut, maybe a commander on the ISS someday? Maybe a commander on a space vehicle to Mars or uh, of a moon base, uh, who, who knows? But what is really important for the kids, of course, is first of all, you have to stay healthy. Astronauts have to be healthy human beings that uh, can work and live in space. So that means taking care of what you eat, doing exercise, having a healthy lifestyle. And this is, of course, a lot what Mission X is also about. Secondly, of course, you need to study. We need scientists, we need engineers, we need test pilots, we need medical doctors in space. So it's also very important to get a good education. But most importantly of all is if you really want to become an astronaut, you have to believe into it because it's a long way. I wanted to become an astronaut when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. I did my first selection where I was uh, not taken, I was put in the recruitment reserve. Then I was taken only 10 years later and then I flew another five years later. So it's a very long time that you need to stay motivated and you say, yes, I really want to achieve this. And every step that you do in your career, in your work, needs to be oriented to maybe one day I can reach that goal. Would you like to be an astronaut just like Frank DeWinney? Yeah, I would. It would be very exciting and I would like to be out in space and yeah. What do you think it would be like being in space? I don't know really, but I think it would be a lot of fun in the beginning. But if you would be for a long time, like six months, it would be also get bored, I think, <laughs> when you get... Now, Merlin, you had an opportunity to actually ride on the moonwalk and the gravity wall. What was it like uh, riding on the moonwalk? It was very difficult because it's really like without gravity and you can't walk on the moonwalk because it always is pulling you up and you have to jump forward and without gravity you can't control yourself. Yeah, it's pretty difficult when you're trying to, uh, to walk in an environment that's one-sixth you know, gravity on Earth. Now, there was a rock on the floor and on your second run you had to actually pick up the rock. How difficult was that? For me it wasn't so difficult because I jumped on the right place and just get down and grabbed it. But you really just have a few seconds to grab it and pick it up because otherwise you're up again and it's all over. Now a really cool activity behind us is the gravity wall. What was it like being on the gravity wall? Going up it wasn't so hard because you do that like when you're doing push-ups or something, you're pulling you up. But down, you're never pulling you down somewhere because the gravity is pulling you down. And also the muscles to pull you down, you don't have them so really. They are not so trained and you have to exercise this and then I'm sure you can get faster and better and control yourself. When you're at the very top, you're working on a satellite, a mock-up satellite, and you had to take out some wires and put some wires in. 
What were you exactly doing there? There was a light and you have to put the threads like this inside that the light is going on. And I didn't do it because in the very last one I had nine holes and it was very hard to do the right combination, yeah. Now I want you to educate me. What was the purpose of that big black sort of container in the back of the gravity wall? It's a container with water inside. In the beginning it's measuring your weight and put the same weight of water inside the containers. So you have the same weight and you just need a very light push and the container is going down and you are going up. And it's the same thing otherwise. Well, you know what, Merlin? I think just from uh, talking with you over the last couple of minutes, I think you will be an astronaut one day. Yeah. And I look forward to uh, reading all about you in the papers. <laughs> We're here in the rocket room with one of the students from Mission X. Your name is? My name is Alessandro. I'm from in Naples. Well, Alessandro's first language is not English. However, through a translator, we learned all about his experiences at Mission X, but additionally, here in the final finishing stage of Mission X, the rocket room. Alessandro and his teammate built a rocket and faced a lot of different challenges. It's actually interesting because they build the rockets entirely from scratch. There are no uh, pre-made materials other than the motors, so they're literally creating the fuselage, they are providing the artwork, adding the motors. It is a very hands-on experience building a rocket from the ground up, and they had a great time. Of course, Alessandro said the biggest challenge was making the fins, but sure enough, they worked through it. All the students got them put on their rocket successfully, and it looks like this afternoon, we're gonna have a great launch. Two, one. Mission X 2014 from the Eurospace Center is a wrap. And in the spirit of the World Cup and the physical fitness component of Mission X, the kids have started a pickup football game. We want to thank all the parents, the teachers, the mentors that make this event possible, and we're looking forward to Mission X 2015. You're watching NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Hey, let's challenge these kids to a game of football. All right, uh, I could be uh, Your trick me uh, okay? Yeah, <laughs> I could be mascot. <laughs> Do we have a referee? I'll be a referee and we'll challenge you. Okay, all right, okay, ready? You ready, ready? <laughs> oh. Oh. So you had a goal. I know. I yeah. was going to score. Yeah. yeah.